The Five Points neighborhood is one of the oldest and most diverse neighborhoods in Denver, Colorado. It's also experiencing what local residents are calling a cold case crisis. What made the fast-growing community slide from being a vibrant neighborhood to being one where the majority of murders don't get solved? Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Unlovely Truth. I'm your host, private investigator Lori Morrison, and I'm going to bring you another story from the world of true crime, and then I want us to see where it intersects with our faith. I hope then you'll join me to answer what I think is the calling of every Christian, and that's to be a different kind of P.I., a person of impact. We'll talk about a very practical way to do that after we dive into today's case. This is Season 3, Episode 40. We're going to look at this community that really needs our help, but it's not just this one. This community could be yours, it could be mine. The police can only work with the information that crime scenes and community members give them. So after you listen to this episode, be sure that you share it with everybody you know in the Denver area. Now, let's jump on in and see if we can make a difference. The historic Five Points community sits northeast of downtown Denver by Coors Field. The area got its name over a century ago. It sits at the five-way intersection of Welton Street, Washington Street, 27th Street, and East 26th Avenue. All of those street names wouldn't fit on a streetcar sign, so they just took to calling the neighborhood around that intersection Five Points. Unfortunately, the community that was once known as the Harlem of the West has seen better times than it is right now. According to a Washington Post analysis, Five Points had the highest number of homicides and fewest solved murders between 2010 and 2017 among neighborhoods in major U.S. cities. Out of the 12 people that were tragically murdered in this neighborhood during that period, nine of those cases weren't solved. It wasn't always like that. Welton Street and Five Points had numerous bars and clubs that showcased the talents of famous jazz musicians, including Billie Holiday, Duke Ellington, Miles Davis, Nat King Cole, Count Basie, and Dizzy Gillespie. But on or shortly before September 28, 1997, someone stabbed Michael Connor 92 times in his apartment in the Five Points neighborhood. I can't think of any investigator who would call that a random killing. It feels very, very personal which makes me think that someone out there knows what happened. It will amaze you if you could know how often people will actually just admit to someone that they killed another person. But it's also pretty amazing the number of people who will keep that little secret to themselves. Now, if they're afraid of this person, I I can understand that sometimes. But I hope that in this case, Whoever is out there that knows what happened, or at least knows some little part of the puzzle, I hope that you will no longer want to protect his killer. Of course, Michael's family still wants to know what happened to him. So does the family of Samuel Cameron. On August 23rd of 2005, Samuel was shot twice in the back of the head and robbed. He was a husband, a dad, and his wife was about to deliver twins when Samuel was killed. According to an interview that his father gave to ABC's Denver Channel 7, 
he forgives the person who killed his son. And he says that police have told him that Samuel's case is solvable. And that's always where community comes in. Whether it's in the Five Points neighborhood or in my neighborhood or yours, almost always there's someone who knows what happened. You can be a person of impact by coming forward with any information you have on any unsolved case. And if you're afraid, I get that. I do. You can pass on your information to me. I'll turn it over to authorities. You can also check out the link that I put in the show notes to a Crime Stoppers map. You can click on the state that you're in and find out just where you can turn in an anonymous tip. After World War II, like a lot of communities, wealthier residents in the Five Points neighborhood began to buy newer housing out in the suburbs. Drug use increased, and so did crime. With less residents in the neighborhood, businesses closed, and more and more properties were abandoned. And we'll talk about that when we get to our practical action step. According to the Denver Post, in one recent week, over 80 crimes were reported in the Five Points neighborhood. And those crimes included criminal mischief, domestic assault, robbery, motor vehicle theft, disturbing the peace, carrying a concealed weapon, various drug charges, and threatening injury. Multiple counts of that. There's a link to that in the show notes if you want to look as well. And these are all big problems, of course. But there are a couple of others that disturb me even more than those. There were arrests for indecent exposure and window peeping as well. And some people, even in law enforcement, I know, consider those to be what they call nuisance crimes. But others think that, and I agree with them, that these are kind of practice crimes for future violent sex crimes. When the thrill of the peeping or indecent exposure isn't enough anymore, you've got to move on to something more stimulating. And until those people are caught, they just get more and more and more violent over time on average. We're going to explore that whole concept a little bit more in depth in an episode that should drop in a couple of weeks. So be sure that you're paying attention so you don't miss that. Now, Five Points still has live music venues and great food like it always did. And more modern touches like quaint coffee shops and craft breweries. The neighborhood is beginning to experience a renaissance of sorts. Its walkability is luring young and hip families to locate there. Let's hope that they all work together, not only to keep themselves and their neighbors safe, but to help find justice for all the area's cold cases. I couldn't cover all of them, but the two that we talked about are representative of what families are going through, not only in Five Points, but all across the country where there are unsolved homicides. You may have heard me mention this before, but if not, I've got a book coming out in less than a month, and I want to know if you want to be on my book launch team. The book is called How to Kick Fear to the Curb. Once we've conquered that fear, I'm also going to give you PI-approved safety tips so that you'll have practical steps that you can take. So you'll want to grab a copy. You'll want to be on the launch team just email me at lori, L-O-R-I, at theunlovelytruth.com and find out all the details.
I talk about our communities a lot on the podcast because I have seen over the years in my investigations how important it is for neighbors to look out for neighbors. We've got to pitch in when someone around us needs our help. And it is really the biblical way to live. I want to look at a verse from Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, and I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. We live in a society that tells us over and over and over, look out for number one, take care of yourself. And this teaching probably sounds foolish to people that really buy into that looking out for number one ideology. But think back over your life. Think about the times when self-centeredness really consumed you. And ask yourself if that ever took you anywhere good. I think Paul purposely used a really broad term like interests in this passage. Because I think he wants us to expand what we do for others into any area that people might need our help. If he'd been too specific, we'd probably have limited ourselves to exactly what he listed out. Remember the lawyer in the parable of the Good Samaritan? He was trying to limit the scope of who his neighbor was so he could help as few people as possible. And let's be honest, we're probably all like that, at least a little bit, in some areas of our lives. And so this teaching fits very, very well with Jesus's teaching to love others as we would love ourselves. Community is so important, and not only community with other believers, but among the people we find where we live, where we work, and where we play. So what kind of practical action step can we take to look out for someone else's interests in our neighborhoods? Well, according to the Brookings Institution, which is a Washington, D.C.-based nonprofit public policy organization, gun violence in cities is concentrated in a small set of neighborhoods. And even within those neighborhoods, it's kind of even honed down more onto particular streets. And they said that it is a well-established trend that holds true in every city or non-urban setting where they've studied it. When it comes to solutions for this, a growing body of evidence demonstrates that when you intervene on these micro levels, like rehabilitating a vacant lot or increasing the number of community organizations in your neighborhoods, that significantly decreases violence in those areas. So if your neighborhood or maybe one around your church has abandoned or overgrown properties, see if volunteers can work with your city or town leaders to keep them cleared. What a great opportunity that could be to meet your neighbors, especially elderly or physically challenged neighbors that just need a little bit of help to make the community as safe as possible. And who knows, if you build some relationships by showing the love of Christ through service, you might just get the opportunity to share the gospel. If you like this episode, if you really want to make a difference in unsolved homicides or missing person cases, be sure to check out some of the earlier ones that I've done. I've had amazing guests who give me fantastic information, and you can take that and you can make a difference in your communities. You can also help someone else begin their journey as a different kind of PI a person of impact, when you share this episode, let them know about the unlovely truth and subscribe 
give me a five-star rating and a nice review, and that will really help me reach more people. The Unlovely Truth is written and produced by me, Lori Morrison. Music is by Neocortex, and the artwork is by Shelby Highland. See you all next time. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.